Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life, and I'm Joanne White, your host. And how many of you really realize or even know or recognize that we may be living in spiritual amnesia? And what does it mean? And how do we get out of it if we're in it? And how can we really live from our soul and create more soul-centered living within our lives, within our planet, and with other people. So those answers will be given today. And I have some incredible luminaries, Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick. They're pioneers and worldwide leaders in the field of spiritual psychology, as well as teachers and facilitators of awakening in consciousness. They're both renowned educators, authors, and the founding faculty and co-directors of the University of Santa Monica, where they've designed, developed, and facilitated educational programs for 35-plus years. Both Mary and Ron Holnick are licensed marriage and family therapists. Mary's a licensed clinical psychologist. And their newest book, yes, I have it in my hands right now, is Remembering the Light Within, A Course in Soul-Centered Living. They've also authored Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology, which is available in 12 countries and 8 languages. So get ready how to remember the art of living from love to open up and awaken to more soul consciousness with Drs. Mary and Ron Holnick. Ron Holnick, excuse me. Welcome. How are you? Well, we're fine. We're great, and we're so (laughs) happy to be here with you, Joanne. It's my pleasure, both Mary and Ron. So let's get to it. I mean, I, I like I said, I have this book in my hands, and it's so beautiful, and it has so much in it. But let's get to the bare tax for a minute. What is soul-centered living? Well, soul-centered living is really waking up into the awareness of who you truly are, your essential loving nature, your spiritual nature, and then living life from within that awakened state. And the book is really rich with information and stories and processes, practices that people can use to assist them not only in waking up, recovering from spiritual amnesia, but then living their life awake to love. From a practical perspective, uh, one could say that it is a shift from living a life that is goal-oriented, where we're always trying to accomplish something, to living a life where we're spending more time focusing on the quality of our lives. What is the everyday experience that we're having? Uh, that, that it, that's a shift in perspective that, that 
people, and many people these days, are starting in to catch on that that's where the real that's where their real life is happening. So how do we know if we're not living from that point? How do we even know if we have spiritual amnesia and and what is it? How do we identify it? Well, uh, think of it as a continuum. Everybody is awake to some degree, or we wouldn't we wouldn't be alive. Um, but the whole uh, continuum of awakening <clears throat> is really a continuing from less to greater awareness of the essence of what our true nature is. An enlightened master is simply a human being who has awakened fully into their essential nature, and they live their lives accordingly. And so typically these people have relatively simple lives because they know that they're never going to find uh, true happiness in the, in the world of acquisition. And how do we know if we've been sleeping? What are there signs for for yes. people that it's like? <laughs> yes. What you are know, they? Because mean? we we all have an ego, and the ego operates primarily in the realms of the mind and the emotions, and it operates inside of duality, where we look out and we judge things as either good or bad or right or wrong. So ego reference thinking is generally a very, very good indicator of spiritual amnesia. And because we're all human and we all come equipped with an ego, this is part of our human experience, and we can learn to distinguish between ego reference thinking, this judgmental thought habit, and what is... uh, authentic self-reference thinking, which tends to be not only loving and more compassionate and wise, but also more neutral. In other words, Rumi put it this way, out beyond ideas of right-doing and wrong-doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And that field is the field of unconditional love. We had a, a great experience of that just this morning where we received an email from one of our faculty members that he had he had just this week rescued a little dog from a pound. Mm. And the way he wrote about it was just filled with love. And that that starts to get into the... He, he, that's not a quantitative thing. That's a qualitative thing. And that's the kind of thing we're, we're talking about. You know, I understand that. I had an incident which which I was kind of laughing at and watching myself at the same time. I was walking in the street. I love to do what I call power walks where I receive information. And caterpillars were resting. Many caterpillars were lying in the middle of the road just enjoying the sun, not knowing or not recognizing or realizing that if they stayed there, their fate was going to be one of, you know, non-existence. And so I started helping putting caterpillars on little sticks and moving them from the road. Thought so. This is what my life has. (laughs) I was, you know, being funny to myself. 
is what my life has been has become. But it was also just just a realization of the importance of all life and wanting to spare you know to spare them so they could go through their own transformation. Exactly. Yes, absolutely, and it's it's just that's a beautiful example of being awake to love and of compassion in action. You know, oftentimes we are so hard on ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, and we look at some of the things we've done in the past to ourselves, to other people, whatever, and we haven't really learned how to practice self-forgiveness. And you have something in the book called Compassionate Self-Forgiveness, which I love. What is What does that mean, and and how do we get to that place where we can forgive ourselves with compassion. Well, the first thing that we have to that we have to consider is why we have the word compassionate in front of that term. And it means that we truly have come into the understanding that and I know this may sound like a strange thing and some people might disagree, but everybody really is doing the very best that they know how to do given their circumstances and their consciousness. I mean, I, I've I've yet to find anybody who got up in the morning and the first thought in their mind was how they were going to harm other people. Uh, I mean, it's it's we we really all are doing our best. And so, can we have that compassion for ourselves and others? The word itself really means compassion, means to be with one who is suffering. So uh, we, we want to have that quality. And, and from that quality comes the self-forgiveness. It's not about forgiving anybody else for the terrible thing they've done because that assumes a judgment right in there that they've done a terrible thing. The truth of the matter is that nobody really knows the value of anything, uh, at least not in, in, uh, in the broader sense of, of life. So what we forgive ourselves for is the judgments and the againstness and the wrong-making that we do in our own minds. And lo and behold, while it may not have anything to do with any of the other people involved, we find that we go to a place inside when we truly forgive where we experience a greater level of the loving essence that is truly what we are. You know, what you know it's... It, Go ahead, go ahead, Mary. One of the principles of spiritual psychology is healing is the application of loving to the places inside that are suffering or are in pain, are hurting. And the action of compassionate self-forgiveness is a way that we can relate with ourselves and be with ourselves in that loving and compassion. And in that, the hurt dissolves or resolves the judgments melt away and we're restored to our essential nature and as we do so there's a greater remembrance of who we are you know it's so beautiful when we could get to that place of non-judgment and there is so much judgment we make quick judgments all the time not only about ourselves but about others and about conditions how can we release judgment so that it's really kind of not part of of how we view ourselves 
and you said it so beautifully, both of you, and but also how we view the world and, and actions and other people. Well, one, one of the ways that we begin working with our students when they first enter our 10-month program in soul-centered living is that we introduce them to the spiritual context and we assist them in learning what we call soul-centered basic skills. And the first one is seeing the loving essence, which if we were to distill it down to its most basic nature, it means seeing with the eyes of your heart, softening the eyes that you look through, having the intention to see with the eyes of love. We see clearly. We see compassionately. And uh, there's a companion skill that we call heart-centered listening, which in its most quintessential nature is listening with the ears of your heart. And we encourage people in practicing these two basic skills with others in their lives, with their partner, their children, their business associates, their friends. And it really is tremendously assistful in that we can spend more time um, residing in the authenticity of who we are rather than in the ego and the judgment. See, it's the whole thing about um, freeing oneself from the land of right-making and wrong-making. When, whenever we have an experience, the very first thing that happens, and you're probably uh, familiar with the work of David Hawkins, uh, he said yeah. very accurately, we immediately, and he had it at one, uh, I think, one ten-thousandth of a second. That sounds pretty fast to me, you know. But we immediately, <laughs> we immediately divided into good or bad or right or wrong. Instead of just seeing the thing for what it is, something has happened. We don't have to enter into that right-making and wrong-making. In fact, as soon as we do, we, we are now in the land of judgment. And one of the psychological, uh, spiritual psychology principles that's very important is outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. So if things start happening and you make them wrong, uh, what, what you are really doing is you are setting an intention so that you will have many more similar experiences because spiritual reality is set up to continually remind you of the places where you still have unclarity and you're not seeing clearly. So the way that most people approach these things is they feel justified in their uh, in their pers- in their uh, orientation toward that thing. No, that really is wrong. That really is bad. Instead of considering the possibility that that is simply happening, and a lot of people are going to have the opportunity, at least myself, of learning from that experience rather than condemning it. The more we condemn things, the more we would draw those very things into our existence. 
You know, it's interesting. I have a personal story, and that and months ago, I I fell and had a concussion that I'd been healing, and it really opened some portals. But aside from that, because it wasn't something, it wasn't from a football game or a car accident or whatever. It was something that I did to myself, and I had to go through this incredible process that of you know, that I created of self-forgiveness and not judging it for what it, you know, just being able to help myself get through it and not say, oh, that was a horrible thing. Why did you do that? What's wrong with you? Da, 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 da. And just get to a place of, of that acceptance, which you talk about so much in your book, and get to a place of, of you know, I, I, I guess a freeing place with it too, because that's what it felt like when I was, was able to shift from that judgmental, and and really, I would I would uh, take that even a little bit further, because how Good. do you know how do you know that that experience occurred because something in your consciousness needed to be opened up so that you could be even more conscious than you already are, and in fact, in the long run, this was a very good thing. Well, actually, I already know that <laughs> because it opened up so much creativity and stuff is pouring out. And, you know, even though I've been healing, the blessings, and I'm always looking for that, are so exactly. immense. It was meant to happen, just like you said, Ron, because it opened up awareness and and just loving the fact that to be alive, what a gift to be alive. I mean, really? that really? awareness. And that and th- those feelings became so front and center. It's it was beautiful, <laughs> hard and painful, but <laughs> but a beautiful experience that I wouldn't trade. <laughs> yeah. And if you have that orientation, then the likelihood of your judging the experience goes to less than zero. Well, and, okay. and what I would say, Joanne, is what you just shared is such a beautiful example of how letting go of judgment through compassionate self-forgiveness really opens the gateway to the fuller experience of the authentic self within. And the authentic self is not only unconditionally loving, but is very, very creative, is wise, is humorous, is peaceful, joyful. And you had an experience of just then the access that that gives you to this incredible place in consciousness inside of you and and the creativity that is available. It's beautiful. Yes. You know, I feel very, very grateful for the the experience. And somebody would say, you're crazy. (laughs) But but we're really not. Well, Well, but they just don't have the reference point. You know, they're operating inside the duality. They're operating inside a mental construct. And we all are conditioned through our life experiences, through the interpretations that we make. And part of this work is really assisting people in becoming aware that we all have a belief system, that we have a perceptual filter that is populated with these beliefs, and that part of the opportunity is a conscious examination of this perceptual filter of the beliefs and the ideas that populate it to really evaluate them and the ones that no longer serve to let them go. So your your experience is a perfect example 
uh, or the people who say you're crazy. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly a very 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 clear uh, definition of the people who are asleep, because they cannot they are asleep to the possibility and the potential inherent in all such situations. That's a very good uh, example of what we're of what awakening means. So, how do people begin the process of awakening? I know you have within the book activities, and it takes people on this beautiful journey of awakening. But what are a few tips we can give our listeners about their beginning, if they're just beginning in in the awakening process? Well, reading our book would be you know. <laughs> well. Well, that they ha- they must by the end of this show they have to get the book. <laughs> See, that's a judgment right there. <laughs> you know, part of it is um, I I think being open-minded, being open-minded, being willing to consider the possibility that there is so much more going on here on this planet than five sense reality. Waking up in, is a process that for most people occurs over time. But you know what's quite fascinating? With the students in our program, many of them always had a sense or a knowing that there was something more going on here. And so part of it is gently encouraging people to, to begin living in an open-hearted way, I think one of the greatest keys to awakening uh, is service, that when people choose a path of service, we have a friend who volunteers at at Los Angeles International Airport uh, Mm. for uh, an eight-hour shift once a week, and uh, for a long time he served in the international terminal, and he would feel such joy welcoming these people, many of whom were traveling to the United States for the first time, coming from other countries. And he truly felt that he was an ambassador of love, welcoming them. And and he is a conscious being, so just inwardly he would be showering them with blessings of light and loving, while at the same time he would be answering their questions uh, dialing relatives for them on the phone and, and so on. Wow. So I, I think service is one of the paths that can really assist people in the remembering because the byproduct, the automatic byproduct of service is joy. You know, it's so true. You have something in the book, Mary, that says service is the natural impulse of the soul, and I copied that phrase because I thought, wow, that's so beautiful. And it doesn't mean that you have to serve millions of people. You know, that could be wonderful too. But like you said, just doing something for even for someone or for the caterpillars or (laughs) I love taking care of birds too. I mean, that sense of joy and sense of love and openness, it, it really does open your heart. And yeah. and does so much beautiful, wonder, wondrous things for so many others. It's it's just wonderful. But what does it mean that it's the natural impulse? I love that of the soul. Well, the the soul is the nature of the soul is unconditional love and giving. Mm. 
uh, enjoy. And, you know, my own experience is that we as humans have a natural desire to assist others in their healing or in uh, assisting them in some way. We recognize that others are in need, and there, there's just this natural impulse inside to be of service. And I think the growing number of NGOs around the world and of people who start nonprofit actions. We had a woman in our program who did a beautiful, amazing service project. She was inspired to handwrite letters of love and support and leave them in places where someone would find them and receive them. And this was a totally anonymous service project, but it was they were written to whomever found them, and they were messages of love, of encouragement, of support. Uh, it's a reflection of a generosity of spirit. You know, that's so beautiful because oftentimes people will do something because they they have an expectation of receiving yes. gratitude or something in return, but, yes. but the person describing that that anonymity it was just to be able to whomever whomever read it and and needed it at the time and and revered in it and got something from it without the person who wrote it really receiving those wow you're so wonderful thank you thank you thank you yes. doing that act in and of itself was the gift for for that person that yes. beautiful awakening and, and what you what you said is really one of the biggest keys, and that is that service is really done with no thought of receiving anything in return, and and it is unconditional in that regard. And there's there's something about the selflessness in that that is truly profound in uh, what we receive then inwardly. We've had a long tradition of service at the university. We have graduates who volunteer in the classes that we give. And and uh, when we do a class weekend, they're there about 25 hours out of that weekend. So this is no small commitment. But people right. buy for these opportunities to be in the classroom and to serve in that way. And I know we have uh, a couple that have served with us for over 20 years, and they have repeatedly shared with us, our lives simply work better when we serve. And uh, I think that is the case for so many. You know, it's so beautiful because I know from from doing service and and being around people that are are involved in in also giving, doing service, whatever, it is... In and of itself, it's such a renewing, a balancing. I'm talking about for the person who's doing it. Again, it's not you know. It's just it. There's something about it that's very transcendent. It it yes. it grows you. It grows you spiritually. It grows you your soul in a way that, or or maybe just taps into that soul knowledge in such a beautiful way. 
people have so much uh, if we're working live, working and living from from our soul there is so much vast infinite untapped potential how do we tap into that well i would say it's exactly the kind of thing that you you did as we awaken as we awaken as we become more aware of our essential nature then it's like you know i i think mystical teachings really have shared the awareness that the kingdom of heaven is within and as mm. we awaken more and more into the consciousness of our soul essence and beyond that into god consciousness all manner of inspiration, guidance, resources, and giftedness are becoming to us. That that is my own experience, Joanne. The other thing, you that, know, that that's Mary. That's so rich, and and that's kind of my experience too. Now, I have I want to share something with you. It may be inappropriate, but this just happened yesterday, and I think it's part of the opening from the you know the 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 portals from the concussion. I was just in gratitude, and suddenly I had closed my eyes for a minute and opened my eyes, and there was this light, and I call it a love light. There was this light that was just pouring down. I was in my house, so it wasn't like I was outside with the sunlight, but there was this light just pouring down. Tears were streaming down my face, and I don't know how long I was there, and I was just kind of in this light of this love experience, and then... It stopped, and the tears stopped, and I was just feeling complete. Now, I've had other kinds of experiences, but is there any way that, I mean, again, it felt like it was coming from outside of me and not within me. Can well, you just, can you just d- help me describe it in some way? I mean, it just happened uh, yesterday, and, it, and it, I'm still processing it. Well, it, it sounds very much to me as uh, a spiritual blessing that mm. experienced the presence of spirit. And uh, what uh, we have had those experiences, both of us have. Ron had one that happened on July 3rd, I believe. And um, so what you're describing, we're familiar with our students report these kinds of experiences and so what, what can i say it is it is a spiritual blessing and, and it's so beautiful it's just so and it and it's an opening it, it you know it just helps yes. to expand the self the soul self yes. in such yes. a loving yeah way you receive a, an infusion of light of love and you know right. yourself as love in those experiences, and they are transcendental. They really change everything. This is the process of waking up from spiritual amnesia. What a what a gift, Joanne. And this is why all of our classes are highly experiential, because we realize we learn this over the years. You bring a uh, a group of people together, and uh, it's not uncommon for our classes to range in the 200 to 250 range. You bring a group of people together that way and you present them with opportunities to have 
these kinds of experiences, and it's not uncommon that they happen right there in the classroom. And when that happens, uh, everybody recognizes what it is. They recognize it for what it is, and in that moment, um, it's as if a, a, a huge wellspring opens up and we all get to drink from it. It's, uh, you know, we're not religious scholars, but one of the things in the Bible, it says where two or more are gathered. Well, make that 200 and you amp up the, right. the experience <laughs> for everybody significantly. You know, that's so wonderful because that shared experience, somebody mm. experiences it within your classes and the, and everybody reaps the benefits of it and they're and they they're opened even more by that experience just by being present and hearing about it and feeling it even though they didn't directly experience it they did yes yes because they come into resonance with it and that is part of the power of uh this kind of educational experience because we all learn through each other's experience and are blessed by it and learn from it. Wonderful. So how do people take a I want everybody to buy this book, Remembering the Light Within, A Course in Soul-Centered Living. What's the best way for people to... It's not just read it because there are these beautiful activities for people to really grow themselves. So what's the best way for them to embrace this book and and get the the most out of it? Well, you know, when this uh, book started to come into creation, it really came forward as inspirations that Mary was receiving. And we started to do 33 days of awakening. And Mm. Lo and behold, because Hay House is our publisher, and we, uh, this went out um, and it went out online, and we had what about fifteen thousand? No, it's over twenty thousand people, people from one hundred and twenty-eight countries around the world. Wow! Registered for this offering, which was just breathtaking. I, I it just moved me to tears, Joanne. I was mm. so delighted, and. Um, and then when that offering completed, I, uh, Ron and I thought, well, let's present this course to read and talk with him about making it into a book. Well, not only that, but what, what happened was that we were having lunch one day with uh, Ariana Huffington, who we've known for many years, and her right. younger sister, Agape, is, uh, is a USM grad. And Ariana said, wow, that sounds great. Why don't we... Why don't we put this into a form and offer it um, to a Huffington readership? That's how that big splash came came around. But then we realized, well, the feedback we were getting was this is much too rich to do in a day. Thirty-three days <laughs> of awakening. You got to be kidding! I mean, you can't possibly digest and 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 do this. And so the idea came. Well, let's let's expand it out, and it it worked its way into. Uh, if we did 26 chapters and people did a chapter every two weeks, which would be enough time, then that would be a course over one year. That's the That, to us, is the ideal way to use the book. And, of course, people just reading it is just fine, too, because they they do get a sense of what it's all about. You know, we've heard from some readers 
that they established a support group and that they meet together uh, at intervals and um, and they're progressing through the book in that way and are finding it very, very valuable to do it in a small group setting where they have they can share their experiences and they can support each other in working with the practices. You know, that's so wonderful because they bounce off one another and, and yes. again when when more people are together and they're sharing their experiences, I believe there's more light and more love that, that's generated and, and it just exactly. it just amplifies it. So Yes, great. absolutely. There's there's support in numbers. We've even had some people write us who are clergy in various churches and they do uh they do these book club kinds of things. Study groups. And study groups and they've taken it and because they find the principles and practices very consistent with the particular religious faith that they're involved in. And they are, they're universal. They they would fit with any uh with any offering that at least that we can conceptualize. Right. Now we have a question from one of our listeners and she's asking What's the difference between living from your spiritual aspect versus living from your soul, if any? Uh, it's not a difference that, that makes a difference. I would suspect <laughs> that what what this reader is is uh, referring to is just the terminology. The, the, the particular words might be different, but if we talked with her, I would bet anything that the essence of what that person is saying is the same that is what we're talking about. You know, what I would say, Joanne, is that people, as people move forward in their own awakening, uh, initially they may have experiences uh, where they, that are heart-opening, that are quite profound. But then as they progress, they may have uh, an even more powerful experience where they are aware of themselves as a soul, as a divine mm. being, as a part of all that is. So what can I say? It's it's almost like, uh, you know, if you're moving in the dimension, uh, in the spiritual dimension, there are various different kinds of experiences that are part of that all beautiful and all blessing, but we don't attempt to categorize them um, because then people can turn it into a kind of spiritual goal line, and they'll they'll be attempting to create certain kinds of experiences rather than allowing the unfoldment of their own natural awakening process. So if if they just allow it, it it creates a sense of limitlessness versus yes. just just yes. putting something I mean, in a box. Yes, I mean think about the experience you had with the caterpillars recently, <laughs> and then the, the now the, somebody the, would say, Anne, is that yeah. how you spend your?" <laughs> oh, but it's beautiful, and it's a reflection of your knowing of your op- already open heart. And then the blessing that you received yesterday, there are different experiences, but the, if, you, if you consider them, the essence of them is the same. 
Right. And to me, the essence is just, you know, kind of what your book and what you folks do and your courses and whatever. It's just more opening to to love, to this incredible love that's not only around us and it is around us, it's within us and it's like everywhere. And to tap into it is such richness and such joy and such a sense of completion. And and I'm speaking from that experience that I've been, you know, having over this last year, which to me is has been so beautifully profound. See, and that's why we call it soul-centered living, because when the more you have those experiences, the more you begin to naturally tailor your life so that, it's consistent and congruent with the nature of those experiences. So you find your behavior changing. You tend to be more uh, someone, for example, who would pick caterpillars off the street. <laughs> or someone. Or I'm never going to live that one down. Huh? <laughs> well, you know, it's like the person who was picking up the, the shells on the beach uh, and throwing them back into the ocean, because the starfish on the beach and because if they didn't do that, they they were going to shrivel up and die as soon as the sun came out. Right. No, oh, it's great. So tell our listeners because we're we're running out of time, and I want everybody to again buy this book, "Remembering the Light Within: A Course in Soul Centered Living." It will open you up in such a beautiful way and and help you on your human journey that really you know taps into. Like you guys are saying, this incredible soul-centered living. Tell people where to get a hold of the book, how to find out more about you, your upcoming courses, and so much more. Well, the book can easily be gotten on uh, Amazon. Just just go there. Um, what, we do our Loyalty to Your Soul weekend workshop once a year, and it's coming up on August 18th, that weekend. <clears throat> And people can come mm. and they get a taste of what this is all about over a one weekend period. And, and um, you know, we pretty much... Now, is it in California? Yeah, it's at the university, which is in Santa Monica. Right. Um, um, we are, our Soul Centered Living course starts in, in uh, October, and it's one weekend a month for 10 months. And that's when people really get into the immersion of... Uh, transforming their lives into a more soul-centered life. And oh, it's beautiful. And do you have a website where people can go to? Yes, yes. universityofsantamonica.edu uh, gives information about these offerings and other programs that we do as well. Wonderful. So you you both are such a blessing because you're helping to transform the energy, the complexion of our world into more of a loving place as you're working with people to help them open more to the soul. Before you leave, is there anything that you would like anything you would like to leave our listeners with? Mary Ron? Well, one thing I would uh two things I would say. Number one, because there's more and more and more turmoil going on at this time than uh, it seems. The fact of the matter is, per capita, there has never been a more peaceful time on this planet. So people can possibly take some uh, comfort in that idea. 
But this time of turmoil is actually a time which is a tremendous opportunity for letting go of things that no longer serve. Uh, you can think of it as, you know, if you want to start something new, you have to first demolish the old. And we're in a we're in a fair amount of demolishing that's going on right now on the planet. Don't judge it. Accept it. <laughs> uh, work toward what you want to see in a better world. But don't make the opposition wrong because every time you do that, you simply add to the sum total of negativity. So... You, you love it all, and you do anything that you can to bring more loving into the world. You know, what I would add, Joanne, is that our essential nature is loving. And even though at times our behaviors may not be in harmony with that, it doesn't change our essential nature. And that a simple practice of loving kindness of looking around each day for an opportunity to demonstrate loving kindness can be a wonderful practice, a simple practice that anyone can do that can assist them in their own awakening, can assist them in the experience of greater well-being and fulfillment and purpose inside themselves, and also the recognition that challenging situations are opportunities they are learning devices, not punishments. And if we can learn to recognize them as, as blessings and ultimately opportunities to awaken and grow, to experience the best <coughs> within us, that uh, our lives transform as our consciousness transforms. I love it because that's, you know, that's just so true and everything that you both represent is just filled with that loving, that awakening and that soul consciousness. So I want to thank you both so much. You are gifts to me and gifts to so many people around the globe and just keep spreading your light and your joy and your love because it's working. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Joanne, and our love and gratitude to you, our blessings to you. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, and thank you for being on Power Your Life. Have a blessed day. You too. Thanks. So remember what Ron and Mary talked about, and that is to be able to really tap into the love. And they've talked about so much more, but tap into the love that is within you, that's within your soul, that non-judgmental place that's so beautiful. And do something of kindness, not only for someone else. It doesn't have to be anything big, but something that generates a sense of kindness. And also be kind to yourself. Remember, this show is called Power Your Life because you are an incredibly powerful being, not just to be overpowering to somebody else. That's not what we're talking about. But to really access the beautiful, powerful soul consciousness and love that's within each and every one of you. So thank you for joining us today. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to docdocwhite.org, find out about shows, about um, articles, freebies, or whatever. And remember, each and every day, to celebrate the specialness 
that is you. Thanks so much for being here, and have a beautiful day, evening, wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.